Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the best podcast uh, you have ever listened to. That's right. This is To Kill a Deli Bird, episode six. We're looking at three more episodes today of the Pokemon anime. I'm Colin. You know who I am, and you know who the other person is. It's my co-host, Graham. Graham, how you doing today? I'm doing great. Do they know who I am? Do they? I, I don't know. I am the one who's coming at you with a tiny bit of Pokemon knowledge, but mostly knowledge about other stuff. Mm-hmm. And you are the one who does not know other stuff, Correct. but knows everything uh, about Pokemon that there is to know. Mm-hmm. That is. So that's the correct. Graham and Callan duo. <laughs> and you're right. This is the best podcast you'll ever listen to. It's the best podcast I've ever listened to. Do you listen to any podcasts? I listen to a lot of podcasts, Uh and we're even better than Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, which is usually the top annual comedy podcast. Coming at you, Conan. Coming for the top spot. That's the kind of goal that Ash would set. (laughs) Pick the loftiest, hardest goal and just declare it (laughs) when you have no... (laughs) Really should not be declaring that big of a goal. I mean, that's that's what he's done. I'm going to be the best Pokemon trainer ever. Ash, how about you focus on knowing that electric doesn't hit ground types? Well, how about we focus on getting any viewers? Screw that. We're taking that Ash energy coming for you, Conan Mm O'Brien, in your L.A. studio Mm -hmm. that costs like hundreds (laughs) of thousands of dollars and you have a staff. (laughs) Oh, man. Coming at you from our basements. So today we're looking at three more episodes for good reason this time, we're looking at episode 10, Bulbasaur in the Hidden Village, episode 11, Charmander, the Stray Pokemon, and episode 12, Here Comes the Squirtle Squad. It's a three-episode arc where Ash catches all of the starter Pokemon from Kanto. How did you like these episodes? I mean, I, I they're good. They're really good. Like, I have, a, I have a feeling, and you having seen this stuff more recently, I haven't watched Pokemon in so long. Like, we're talking like 20 years, maybe. Um... So I I have a but I had a feeling watching these that this is as good as it gets. Is that <laughs> is that true? I don't think so. I think okay. we're, we're still really early in the anime, so they're still kind of finding their feet. I can yeah, think like of... there's some there's some dumb crap in here, but like in terms of just like the charm and the settings, they're and, and probably this is because last time I watched these, I was a kid. And these are the episodes that you actually remember, mm-hmm. right? Like, I didn't remember AJ. I didn't remember that weird samurai freak who lives in the forest. But I remembered the Squirtle Squad. Of course. <laughs> you know? You can't forget that. And, like, I, I can think of... Squad. I can think of, off the top of my head, the... Like, it, it It might take a while, but it gets a lot better. Like, the ending of the Sinnoh arc is real good. I remember that specifically. Okay, so like much later stuff. Much later of, stuff. Out of the Gen 1 kind of yeah. deal. Yeah, like once once they find their feet, I think you'll be a lot more into it. Okay. We've got to just kind of trudge through them figuring out what they're doing with this. Because it was still pretty new at the time. Yeah, and you, you can see there's there's weird little writing errors, like constantly plots that mm-hmm. aren't really fleshed out, that are kind of lazy. Um but, oh man, they have a lot of charm when it comes to settings and characterization. Mm-hmm. Agreed. So let's kick off the first episode, because I have, I think I have quite a bit to talk about today. I, 
am a little hesitant to say that because like what if we start talking and not actually that much comes out but i think i have a lot to talk about yeah well, well, yeah pretty amusing we'll get into it because if you have a lot to talk about we might be here for a long time so yeah. <laughs> so episode number 10 bulbasaur and the hidden village mm-hmm. we open on them walking through a path a secret path and we get some sass from the narrator where he says that they must rely purely on Ash's instincts. And that means trouble. So the narrator in all three of these is getting really sassy. Like he's he's uh, kind of bored of them not getting to Vermilion. And he's like, mm-hmm. his openings are like, well, we're still trying to get to Vermilion City. How hard is it to find that fucking place? It's a city. <laughs> it's a giant city, Ash. What the fuck's your deal? That's basically what the narrator's saying. And then Ash is like, well, I'll get there. <laughs> yeah. So they take a break. They're all lost. They take a break. They stumble across an Oddish, and both Ash and Misty want to catch it, which is strange because Misty is a water type trainer. Yeah, and this is our am I this is an I'm am I the asshole moment. So uh quick reminder, we do Am I the Asshole Moments, which is uh, a reference to a subreddit where people can post stories from their lives. People vote on are they the assholes, the other person in the asshole, are both parties assholes, or is nobody an asshole? Mm-hmm. So in this one, their argument is Misty's saying she should get to t- uh, catch it because we found it near water, and water is my specialty. Great logic, Misty. And Ash says, well, I saw it first. <laughs> so who do you think actually has dibs there? Ash. Yeah? Is that yeah. is that sacred? Seeing it first is uh Well, I mean, maybe something? in the in the world of Pokemon, it should just be uh, whoever throws the Pokeball first. I guess. And you just scramble. Yeah. yeah. Like, there isn't, they should really work something out. If they're both wanting to catch Pokemon, I think they needed mm-hmm. an established contract before. But also, um, but there's like a billion oddish. Misty's around, logic probably. is ridiculous. Like, yeah, yeah. Plus, they're common. Yeah, yeah. The fact that it's near water, like, why does why does she care about it anyway? She's a water trainer. Oh, that was just her uh, taking a page from Team Rocket. She's yeah. like, I've heard the kinds of twisty logic they use, and Ash is always confused by it. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna use it. So Ash tries to catch it, but a Bulbasaur runs in and intercepts the Pokeball. Ash tries to catch the Bulbasaur then, using Butterfree Sleep Powder, but Bulbasaur fucking, like, blows it back somehow. With yeah, with breath. his lungs. It's like the three little pigs. I wrote down in, like, huge all-caps font, strong lungs. Our boy has strong lungs. Yeah, it's weird. Because mm-hmm. that, like, it looks like Whirlwind. I'm pretty sure Bulbasaur Yeah, like, is that a move? <laughs> I don't think Bulbasaur learns Whirlwind ever. Get, get this boy a set of bagpipes. <laughs> he can blow. <laughs> he can borrow my dad's. Yes, your dad has and can play bagpipes. Mm-hmm. Shout out to bagpipes. Yeah. That's a fun fact. And uh, when, when Bulbasaur uses the, the whirlwind thing to blow back the sleep powder, we get, uh, if you didn't notice, in the bottom right corner is when we get the uh, the source of the surprised Pikachu meme. Right, right. Mm-hmm. The surprise Pikachu meme. Big moment. Legendary. Yeah. Big moment. If you don't know what that is, have you been online ever? It's so good. I love it. Very classic meme. It's one of my favorite memes. So one thing I wanted to talk about is the Pokedex 
uh, used on Bulbasaur, says that there's debate in the scientific community about whether this, uh, whether Bulbasaur is classified as a plant or an animal. And we've seen a few Pokemon, the Oddish too, that it's like plant versus animal. Mm-hmm. And this is the first sort of animal ambiguity, I think, anyways, that the animal, uh, the anime brings up. There's definitely Pokemon in later uh, gens, in later generations of Pokemon, where it's not about is it a plant or an animal. It's like, is it an animal or or a machine or a, an ice cream cone or like, what is it? <laughs> so this is the first much simpler, but still a little bit complicated. What's going on there? What are Pokemon? Who they knows? they be more than really. just an animal. I think considering they are like alive and walking around and they eat food. I think I think they're mainly animals. Yeah. Like um, where does the plant thing come from? The Bulbasaur eats food, right? It it can't just live off of photosynthesis, can it? Maybe it can, who knows. You're the Pokémon expert. I doubt it. And I will not stand for maybes. Come at well, me with some definitive Well, let's take a scientific look. proof. Let's go back. Let's take a look at some of his uh, Dex entries then from the okay. games. Bringing up the decks uh, entries. Let's take a look-see here. We bring our receipts, people. As of Gen 1, its decks entries were, A strange seed was planted on its back at birth. The plant sprouts and grows with this Pokemon. And it can go for days without in- eating a single morsel. In the bulb on its back, it stores energy. And in Stadium, the bulb-like pouch on its back grows larger as it ages. The pouch is filled with numerous seeds. I think that is saying it's an animal. Oh, here's one. In Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald, Bulbasaur can be seen napping in bright sunlight. There is a seed on its back. By soaking up the sun's rays, the seed grows progressively larger. The seed grows larger. Bulbasaur doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily grow larger from that. So it's but he, it's a symbiotic relationship of an animal he, and a plant. Right? Does he draw power from the seed? Yeah. like It sounds like he does somewhat. For black and white, for some time after its birth, it grows by gaining nourishment from the seed on its back. There you go. There you go. But I think that's definitive. Is it definitive what, though? This language we're using... Photosynthesis. Kind of, yeah. That's what we were talking for about. For the plant. And then Bulbasaur... Draws it, it, from it. Draws from it, but we're almost talking... But he can also eat. Like, we're almost talking about Bulbasaur like a separate entity from the plant. Bulbasaur, an animal. Symbiotic relationship with a plant that photosynthesis and can give him extra energy interesting right so that's where the ambiguity comes from is what are we calling bulbasaur is bulbasaur the whole entity of these two creatures in a symbiotic relationship that they cannot live without one another allegedly right um is it the plant is it the animal i think it's the animal mainly I think I think we would call Bulbasaur the animal. Yeah. Because, like, you could probably rig up, like, a synthetic one. Like, imagine, like, Bulbasaur, like, transplants. Bulb transplants. Like, they <laughs> got, like, a, like, a, a what's the word? Um, uh, artificial. An artificial bulb. Like, an artificial kidney. They just, like, <laughs> put it on there. Like a pacemaker. I think that would be a thing. Maybe. Well, I loved that. Let's that go was, back to Strong Lungs McGee. That was interesting. So Bulbasaur goes away. They are back on trying to find where they can get onto the path. They stumble across a rickety bridge where Brock falls to his death. No more Brock. Bye, Brock. <laughs> He's gone. Yeah, he falls into the river. Anymore. It was hilarious. That was weird. It was like weirdly <laughs> dangerous. 
I, I kind of have this feeling because there was like in an episode last week where Brock is just like, I got to go take care of some things. And then he's not mm-hmm. in the episode at all. I kind of thought I'm like, are they doing this again? <laughs> or are they just like getting rid of Brock? Well, they didn't ignore <laughs> Brock. As soon as they get across the bridge, Misty's yeah. like, uh, we should go find Brock. Right, right. And they're so, uh, they're trapped in a, in a net. Yeah, well, Misty falls in a hole first. Mm-hmm. And then... Which sets off a, a string of, of holes in the next in this in the next two episodes. Yeah, there's a lot of holes going on, and then they trip a net trap, and then Bulbasaur comes back and leaves. So we get two scenes mm-hmm. around here. Like there's the the Team Rocket appears and kind of tells us that there's well there's some sort of plan to like attack the village. How, how do they know about the village already? Who knows? They must have, a, they probably hidden, have some spies. It's a around. hidden village. Yeah, the titular hidden village. Yeah. Um, and the other good line around here is uh Ash and Misty are they're in the uh they're in the net and uh I laughed when they're talking about what happened to Brock. Do you remember this part? Yeah, Ash theorizes that he was taken in by pirates and he's a yeah, pirate. Like the now. river took him to the ocean and a pirate <laughs> ship picked him up. <laughs> and one of the pirates has a wooden leg and he joined their crew. <laughs> I'd watch that spinoff. Yeah, and then Brock, Brock and the Pirates. Appears. Brock my, and my... the Pirates coming at you every Tuesday. <laughs> so Brock comes back, he finds them and cuts them down out of the tree. My thought was, Ash, send out your Pidgeotto. I'm pretty sure that thing could cut through the net rope. Yeah, they've what got are ways you doing? To, they have ways to get out. Like the, yeah. the Pokemon can definitely get them out. The star you, the star me. Is there some kind of electrical interference that this rope net provides that they can't send out their Pokemon? I think they literally just aren't in a problem-solving state of mind mm-hmm. yet. They're like, we're just gonna hang out in the yeah. net. So Brock saves them. He tells he tells them he was washed away by the river, but was saved by a beautiful girl named Melanie. Yeah, Brock simp moment. Yeah, another Brock simp moment. We meet her, and we learn that she owns a hidden Pokemon health spa of sorts. Yeah, this is interesting. The conversation around what exactly this place is. The titular hidden village, but it's the place Melanie runs. And they talk about how it's it's where Pokemon who are hurt or don't have a place go. And they can have fun there. And Ash is like, like a summer camp. And Brock's like, well, like all year round. And uh, Misty's like, like a Pokemon center. And they're like, well, but it's not, you know, legally, it's not legal, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. So the parallel I drew immediately is back to AJ. We had this big conversation about people who, whose merit, people who's, who are obviously providing something, have some skill set, but it's not fitting into society in like the kind of standard or normal ways we again see sort of a fringe character who has some something to add but is kind of doing their own thing like melanie is this uh natural path you know (laughs) you know kind of fringe medicine not legal doctor who like lives in the woods Mm -hmm. so melanie is what we would refer to as by a fan main fan made term as character of the day who is a Character who appears in, like, one episode of the anime who isn't originated from the games that has no real effect on the overall plot of the series, but is there for an episode to kind of drive what happens in 
Zed episode. And we get a ton of these. Like, we've already yeah. met so many of these there's, people. There's one in almost every episode. I like these ones, though, that are... They're parallels of things we would see in the rest of the show in more standardized fashion. Like, we see trainers, and then AJ is this, like, weird, unsanctioned gym leader kind of thing. And Melanie is, like, off-the-books Nurse Joy. She's Mm -hmm. like a Nurse Joy who dropped out of med school and, like, bought a bunch of... uh, uh, herbal medicine and you know goes on the blogs a lot and it's like I don't trust it i bet you melanie would be an anti-vaxxer that's oh, what God. i'm getting at that's what i'm getting at she would be an anti-vaxxer oh lord she'd be like drop your shots i got this flower i found it's gonna heal you right up well she is a little fucked up because we learned that she's the one that set the traps to keep trainers away which is pretty pretty messed up because yeah. that, that bridge one could have straight up killed someone. Oh, yeah. Brock should have died. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Brock, Brock could have died. Brock could have died, absolutely. Yeah. So we come back to Team Rocket. They're trying to cross the bridge. Now they've fallen into the river. That's all we get from them for now. Yeah, and Meowth has a pun. We'll cross that bridge, bridge when, when we, we come get to, to it. it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we cut back. Misty and Brock and Ash are talking about Melanie and Misty has confirmed that Brock is is quite in love with with Melanie, and as she is um, confronting him about it, uh, he punches her twice in the head. Yep. Yeah. Well, and this is you know I said earlier that my memories of Brock were of him being a degenerate pervert, and you were like, well, no, that's not quite right. And you're you're right. It's not a pervert necessarily, but he's he's so quick to jump to mm-hmm. sort of like romantic speculation it's like every woman he meets is uh an object to woo like there's no personality as we talked about last week brock is supposed to be 15 so i think that is actually very realistic for a teenage boy in a boys will be boys kind of sense <laughs> well, sure. no, well no that he that he not... looks and he looks at a girl and goes oh my god she's perfect i'm in love with her <laughs> oh sure yeah putting women up on pedestals yeah 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 He's 15. It makes total sense. It's it's still not. It's a character flaw, though. Like, I don't find it endearing. It's it's already getting a little bit annoying. I I think it'll it might go so far. It's over the top that it becomes funny again. Oh, but right now I'm just like, come on, Brock. Like, like, who even is she? She's she's a weirdo, man. (laughs) In future in future seasons, when he gets too over the top about pretty women he meets his pokemon attack him to tell him to shut up oh they're like we've heard this before yeah take a shower exactly (laughs) yeah so we look back at team rocket they've fallen in i think this is when they've fallen in a hole and i noted down why does meowth have a bandage on his crotch (laughs) what i didn't notice we're, we're looking at meowth from top down and he's got his legs up and spread and he's got bandages on his what what's it called um what is a crotch called no the the area between your ass and your balls the gooch sure there's a scientific term for it oh the scientific term oh man i would have to ask my wife for this i'm looking at talked about like surgeries surgeries on that area uh perineum perineum there you go that's yes 
Yeah, he's, well, he's got bandages on his perineum. In the good old prairies, we call reason. that a gooch. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what your fancy medicine talk there. It's called a gooch. How did you notice that? I don't know. I just it just it staring stu- at me out crotch. It stood out to me. He's got his legs <laughs> up and spread, and he's got bandages there. It's weird. I really don't like hearing the terms uh, legs spread in the context he of did. the mouth. <laughs> Very This is exactly what happened. Where do you want to jump back into the episode on? We've painted this picture, right? I, I hope people are following about this village where sort of random, abandoned, hurt Pokemon can go. Melanie offers them solitude. She's also trying to protect it with all these traps, which have been, you know, hurt our heroes at first. And then are hurting Team Rocket, who's also trying to get to the village. Um, I know there's now some discussion among the heroes about... I guess the morality of, like, catching Pokemon a bit, because they're like, well, I'm not going to catch these Pokemon now. And one of them says only bad guys capture sick Pokemon, um, and only stupid people fall in traps, which is, like, <laughs> direct illusion, because then it cuts to Team yeah. Rocket, like, immediately. Yeah. So we cut, or when they're in the net, then, afterwards, I note it down, Meowth's ears are red instead of black. I got an error. I caught that. Do you sincerely find color errors interesting? I, okay, there is a lot more that I don't catch. I only noticed. There are a lot. I, I only note the ones, yeah. There's tons. And I'm kind of like, do people care about this? I think it's interesting. <laughs> is it? Yeah, I do. I think. Shout I think us so. out in the comments. Are color errors interesting? I think, I think they are. I haven't noted any of them, but there are multiple times in like every episode where Ash's eyes are red instead of black. Whoa. It's I think strange. that I, I'm not a visually observant person. I do pay attention to like language and sentences and that sort of thing, but not how things look. I just what does it, that say about me? I find it interesting because like how does it happen? That's that's my question. Oh, in the animation process? Yeah. Like why does it happen in these like specific frames? How do how do these little things get missed when they are I like I just imagine the design? There wasn't a lot of QA going on. In this phase of the anime, yeah, probably especially. Not. Like, I'm thinking they crank these out lightning fast. Mm-hmm. Like, work, like, ridiculous hours to pump out an episode. And then just move on to the next one. Yeah. Especially the early ones. And this is, like, this is a, a criticism that fans have of a lot of long-running anime. Is because there's sort of a shift happening now where, where there's actually people are wanting animes to, like, slow down take a bunch of chapters of a manga, condense them into something interesting and actually put some production value behind it. But these log running animes were not like that at all. Mm-hmm. They're just like pump out like as many episodes as you can. Filler, filler, why, filler, filler. Yeah. That's why you get series like this. I have over a thousand episodes. Now Naruto had tons of episodes. One piece is over a thousand episodes because they just crank them out. Mm-hmm. Well, in just in defense of Pokemon, I mean, a thousand episodes makes a little more sense when you look at like there's been eight generations of regions and the stuff. The time and, span, yeah. The time span, yeah, yeah. But One Piece is that old too. Yeah. Um, is One Piece based yeah, on a source it's just material? A shift. Yeah. That's it. Okay. Yeah, it's based on a manga. Ah. Uh, well, we go back Not to a video game. We go back to yeah. the village, and Misty is apologizing to the otter. She seems actually remorseful and emotional and being sweet and then she goes right back to screaming at ash yeah she's a cinderay yep 
Sounds about right. Bulbasaur tackles her. We learn that Bulbasaur is the guardian of the village, guardian of the the sick Pokemon, and he wants the trainers to leave. He does not like trainers. He's the tough guy bouncer of mm-hmm. the hidden village. Yeah. And we see Team Rocket again. They do their motto once again before they're even in the village. They do it for nobody, which I don't Classic. understand. They drop a stadium at the yeah, village. Yeah, I want to talk about their scheme here. So they know about the village. We don't really know how they do, how they found that out. But they, they roll in with a flying stadium. And I got to say that they are really upping their budget. From the last episodes we watched, there was that stupid one with the like cardboard tank and the bee drills, mm-hmm. and then they like they had a they had to rob a place to get a hose in Cerulean City, and now they're just like they have a flying stadium. Yeah, and it's it's actually like a really stupid written mechanic because it, it doesn't pay off. They don't go into the stadium. It, it didn't need to be a stadium. Yeah, I don't understand what the point of that was. I'm totally confused I'm about that lost. one. And that's where I was saying earlier that there are some like weird writing decisions. Mm-hmm. This is one of them. I guess just is it just supposed to be funny? But now all it has me thinking about is is what is their funding model like? <laughs> like do they and what do their expense forms look like? Like are they expending this stuff back to Team Rocket HQ? Do they wildly vary month to month? I'm kind of thinking that this episode took place at the beginning of their paychecks. And like the <laughs> the cardboard tank is like at the end of their paycheck. <laughs> that's like that's like right after you get paid versus before you get paid. Mm-hmm. So they start, they drop the stadium at the village and they start to try and suck up all the Pokemon, which they've done before. Yeah, uh, I was wondering, is this like a a trope in Pokemon now, like hoses to suck up Pokemon. I don't remember it happening happening that much more, but I mean, it seems like a pretty decent plan on surface. Yeah, so they're just going to exploit that. It's like their go-to technique. Mm -hmm. Get some giant hoses. So they're trying to suck up all the Pokemon. Oddish almost gets sucked in, but Bulbasaur is able to use its vines to save it, and then it end. Pidgeotto uh, stop the machine and blow Team Rocket away. Because Pidgeotto's gust creates a fucking tornado somehow. Yeah, so Ash actually has to run out and help the Bulbasaur. Um, and, and there is a theme through these episodes actually about Ash putting himself physically ahead of the, the Pokemon. Like, he'll he'll risk himself for the sake of Pokemon, even Pokemon he doesn't really know. Um, which Which is the endearing part of Ash. Like, he's a fucking idiot, but he's got heart. Yeah. I mean, he he's a good person... He's a good person. He's just yeah. fucking stupid. He's just fucking stupid. He's just yeah. an idiot. Yeah. And we get a dumb... Speaking of idiot, you get a dumb pun. He says, oh, I just had the wind knocked out of me. Shut the fuck up, Ash. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> yeah, from the tornado Ugh. that Pidgeotto makes. That was kind of crazy. It's like the hose is sucking, Pidgeotto uses whirlwind, and the effect is that like a literal like F5 tornado destroys the stadium. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's a dark day. <laughs> yeah. Gust is not that good of a move. It is quite well, quite weak. It is when you have a hose. Yeah. And so Melanie offers for Ash to take the Bulbasaur because she wants Bulbasaur to be able to grow. And this is ironic because Bulbasaur is the first of Ash's Pokemon to kick off a trend of Ash not evolving his goddamn Pokemon. <laughs> Well, I guess it's not a literal interpretation. She wants it to grow, and he won't. (laughs) He never will. No. It annoys me. 
Yeah, she's so she says that Bulbasaur is doing too good of a job protecting the Pokemon. They're too sheltered. Uh, hello, Melanie. You're the one literally setting traps <laughs> to shelter them. You're the one digging holes and, and messing with bridges and... Like, ah, uh, you kind of got to look in the mirror, girl. Well, she wants Bulbasaur to, to go out because, like, she recognizes that the wild is where the Pokemon should be. And once they have been nursed back to health, they should be going back into the wild, back to their homes. Which, I mean, gotcha. animals. That's how animals work in the real it's, world. It's not unreasonable. I think her philosophy is a little bit self-contradictory overall, but, eh. Whatever. And what we'll are you gonna on. do? What are you do, gonna do? Your do? Th- do your thing, Melanie. I guess it's fine. Mm-hmm. So she's like, "Well, why don't Bulbasaur go with you guys?" And uh, Bulbasaur wants a match first. Yeah, he wants to fight. He needs to. He needs to be proven to himself. And this that, is a that good sequence of of combat. Yeah, I like this fight. This Bulbasaur fight. It was yeah, cute. It's got a little bit of good animation behind it. I thought it was cute. Yeah, because they're they're just sure. both cute Pokemon. Well, that's true, but it is a good fight, like the vine whip and the dodging, and then and then Pikachu electrocutes the vines. I guess, do vines conduct electricity? I don't know, but grass is supposed know. to resist electric moves. I don't know enough moves, about that. So. Well, he, well, Pikachu fries him somehow. Yeah. I don't know. Pikachu's just too good. So Ash catches yeah. Bulbasaur, Pikachu does the little peace sign again, which I'm just so happy about. It's, it's just, it is the cutest thing. Pikachu's very adorable. Pikachu very is so fucking cute. <laughs> like there, I, I, there is very good reason that it, Pikachu became the mascot. Well, yeah, and and I want to actually do a whole episode on that at some point. I I don't know when show wise. Maybe if we have like kind of a low, not very interesting episodes, we do that. But I think this notion of Pikachu becoming the mat, like not just yeah the mascot, but he's like he's like the logo almost, mm-hmm. and his the design of Pikachu is both like. Uh, uh, an appealing character and a logo yeah um kind of like mickey mouse i guess so that's i think that's interesting i think we could talk about that for like a while mm-hmm. so i think when there's like a low episode like maybe a boring one we uh we get into that we do the pikachu praise <laughs> pikachu praise episode well to put it into perspective how like synonymous pokemon pikachu is with pokemon my mother the only the only pokemon she can name is pikachu the only there's, pokemon there's no a lot of people can yeah exactly is, is pikachu yeah so we are off back again trying to find vermilion city brock gets completely shut down by melanie yeah he's like can i stay here and she's like bitch no go <laughs> go away yeah yeah and that's the episode yeah and the narrator's so sassy and all these he's like I hope our heroes don't take more shortcut cuts or we'll never get there. <laughs> just like stick to the map. Mm-hmm. He's like, God damn it, these idiots. And that's the episode. So literary themes for this, this one. It's really, I, I don't think the characters themselves lend a lot to, to literary themes here. Like Melanie doesn't really from what I could think of. But the idea of a hidden village is an insanely common trope both in uh, Japanese sort of tropes and and Western. So like in in Western stuff, this age old trope of like a hidden city is super common, right? Like Road to El Dorado, uh, Wakanda from the Marvel stuff, Atlantis, like the oldest story, right? About like, like a city that is 
you stumble upon. Mm-hmm. And this also goes, it's, it's kind of that oasis trope of being lost, not really sure what's happening, finding it. Um, the bigger sort of bearings, though, for the, the trope, how it's implemented here, would come from Japanese folklore. Because you see this in ton of tons of anime, is this idea of when you're out in the woods, you're lost, stumbling upon a hidden village. This is kind of a shinobi, the story of like ninjas. So uh, Naruto, the anime, huge cliche there of these hidden villages being in the woods. Um, in feudal Japan, they had lots of stories about like the, the ninjas and how they would have sort of villages. And there's a, a, a tradition of folklore I found out of, of hunters being lost in the woods and then stumbling on these cities or these little towns, these hidden towns and being healed up and then going on their own way and never finding them again, almost like an oasis. Mm-hmm. So that's the trope, the trope here. Kind of interesting. All right. Yeah. Let's go to the, uh, the rating board. To the four poor. Do you, do you think we've gone through quite a few of these now? Do you think we should recap what all categories we have in the picture for the listeners. So we know what we're listening for. We know if anyone wants to submit other categories, they know what we got and what we don't. You can do a quick rundown if you want. All right. I'll, keep it keep it quick. I'll pull up the spreadsheet. So in the four port, we have 24 categories of which we will rate the episodes on. We got plot, humor, animation, soundtrack, horny Brock moments, anime mom energy, anime sweat drops, uh, characters falling over in surprise and embarrassment, furry bait, Pokemon variety, antagonist likability, Team Rocket schemes, Officer Jenny energy, Nurse Joy cuteness level, Misty's exasperation, Meowth's ex- existential dread, Ash moron moments, ironic Pokedex, perceived smell of the episode, which is going to be a weird one, <laughs> how tasty the Pokemon in the episode would be if it was cooked, the jelly donut effect, silly Pikachu character moments, sweet sentences, and the character of the day. Mm-hmm. Those are everything that is in the four poor. As usual, we will draw two per episode and average out the scores. And our first category for this episode is the soundtrack. Um, I don't think there was anything new. Yeah, it was nothing notable. The, usual... the fact that it's yeah, not notable I, is I think issue. for soundtrack stuff, like we can't rate the, the typical themes. It's if there's something new. And because if it, in some of the future episodes like in the squirtle squad one there's like a western sounding mm-hmm. spaghetti western sounding s- sound so if we drew that for that i would give that so it, it's a zero because there's nothing there's no unique track here well i, w- I was gonna say like that it would be a basis of five as long as the soundtrack isn't terrible oh so we, ju- we just baseline five i sure. would say so because it wasn't bad okay, okay five it just yeah. wasn't memorable Right, yeah, it's all about where you set the baseline. Mm-hmm. Okay, five score. All right, yeah. well, we'll average that then with our second category, which will be antagonist likability. The antagonist this episode would have been Team Rocket, I guess. We didn't have a specific antagonist. Yeah, it might be Bulbasaur. Maybe Bulbasaur. In a sense, because that's like where sort of the conflict that then gets resolved comes from. I could, I could see Bulbasaur um, as the antagonist. If we go Bulbasaur, like I'd, I'd give it like a nine. Yeah, yeah, I'm good Bulbasaur, with that. Bulbasaur rules. Yeah, Bulbasaur is fucking awesome. I love Bulbasaur. Yeah. <laughs> he's got vine whips. He's he's a he's a real keeps it real. You know, he he rides with his homies. He's all about <laughs> protecting the Pokemon. Yeah, he's got conviction. He's got integrity. 
Yeah, he's good shit. Yeah, I'm good with a nine. So you average that out. This episode, seven out of ten. Not seven out of ten. Not bad. I think that's actually high for us. That's our best episode yet, I think. Oh wow. But maybe the next episode will be even better because it's Charmander, the stray Pokemon. Woohoo! Okay, this is the second episode. We're going through we're really taking a journey through the elements, right? The first one was all about grass, <laughs> all about forest. Second one, uh fire. We we get to learn about fire. The themes in here are amazing, though. I actually think that this is a strong episode for a children's show in terms of in terms of story. Mm-hmm. And this is where this is why this is an episode that people remember because it's like emotional. Yeah, it's a good episode, I think. Just straight so it up starts off. They're lost again. The narrator is really berating them. He's like, "Look at these! Look at these fucking losers! Can't even find one of the biggest cities." In this fucking map. (laughs) (laughs) What the hell is wrong with them? How did I get into this job narrating for these clowns? Yeah, so they're still trying to find Vermilion. It's been ten days since they left Cerulean, as Misty says. And they say they need to find Route 24 to get to Vermilion. But Route 24 in the games leads to Route 25, which leads to Bill's Cottage. Which this is actually... Not an error. I think it's foreshadowing. Mm, interesting. Because we will, in the next set of episodes, we will meet Bill. Oh, they're just on the wrong route. Bill, they're on the wrong Bill route. Bill's route in the game. Oh, so you think they went? They, you think they went north instead of I south? I think they went north instead of <laughs> south. <laughs> Those idiots. That's a big. There's an anime trope, especially from like '80s and '90s anime, too, of a character who has no sense of direction. And it's like it's a cheap gag, but I always find it funny. It's like there's always there's a character. It's like from Ranma One Half who will disappear from the narrative for like months, and then they'll be like, <laughs> and then he'll pop back up in the story, and they're like, "Where were you?" He's like, "Well, I tried to get to the convenience store, and I took a left instead of a right, and I ended up in China and went on an adventure." <laughs> he gets lost because his sense of direction so bad. Oh. I, so I, I love that trope. I think it's funny. So Misty kicks Brock in the face for some reason. I don't remember what, but it's that's her getting comeuppance from last episode when he punched her twice. Very like physical. Yeah. Sibling sibling energy. Yeah. So they're continuing down the path, and they're blocked by a mysterious figure, a shadowed figure, a big, lurking, looming figure. It's a Charmander well, sitting on a rock. Yes. I also wanted to... To shout out this line though uh sorry this is out of order but about them getting lost is they're like asking ash like is this the right way and ash says according to my calculations it is that's a red flag people <laughs> ash's calculations well his calculations no, would... last episode got them hella lost I want to see what his math is like <laughs> like I would not trust him to to do anything analytical mm-hmm. But yeah, sorry. They encounter a giant looming Pokemon. It's a very cute Charmander sitting on top of a, a rock. I do love Charmander. I think oh, yeah. Charizard is gotten has gotten overrated over the years, but Charmander himself is is still pretty damn cute. Yeah, they're both great in different ways, but it this is where evolution kind of is a double edged sword because it's awesome for them to like power up, but like if you really like the cute design, save Charmander. Um, I don't know. It's kind of sad to have to to kind of miss out on that mm-hmm. just to get the uh, the other versions, the stronger versions. Because yeah. it's a great design. It's this like little red lizard with a, a flame on its tail. 
and the Pokedex tells us the significance of the flame, the Pokemon dies yep. if the flame goes out. Yeah, this is the first time we've dark. heard about death in terms of Pokemon. It's always yeah. been about fainting, but now it's now we got death on the on the cards, which is kind of scary. Yep. It is. So the Charmander is very weak. Its flame is low, which means that it could die if it gets any worse, but it's not going to let Ash catch him. And Pikachu yeah. talks to the Charmander to understand what's going on, and they play more charades. Eventually, they realize yeah, this... that Charmander is waiting for its trainer to come back. Welcome to the Bad Charades Hour with Pikachu, your host. I love this it. This is like a recurring theme. It's right? cute. Where, Pikachu where doing Pikachu charades is cute. Charades to communicate, and they're like, they're like, what is it, boy? You know, it's like talking to Lassie. Mm-hmm. Like, what is stuck in a well? <laughs> what What is it, Pikachu? We need to go buy a weed. But at least <laughs> like, this what time, is it you want, Pikachu. At least this time, Ash actually understands what Pikachu's trying to say. Yeah, he's catching on. He's figured it out a little bit. So we found. So they, yeah, Charmander's waiting for someone, and they're like, "Oh, I guess he's got an owner. Mm-hmm. I guess we'll move on." So they go to the Pokemon Center. They find it on the path. And what then... the hell's this Pokemon Center? It's like a log cabin. Yeah. It looks really cozy mm-hmm. um where the hell are they like you say you think they went north where is there a pokemon center that's like not in a town it's just like random there yeah there aren't any thing? in the games that are in that aren't in town until gen 7 wow big error people i don't i, I think it's just more world building i don't really count it as an error i think in terms of making this world more alive and realistic yeah having these remote pokemon centers it's like a rest stop. Yeah. So, I won't. I get I won't, that. I won't. Uh, oh wow! You'll, it. you'll flame the show for Ash's shoe being a different mm-hmm. color, but, but for having a whole location that doesn't quite make sense to the world, that you're fine. How, how does it not make sense to the world? It's like a rest stop. Yeah, but that's not a thing. It's about the towns. The places in between are desolate, and this has completely undermined that. Like, this has turned the route between Cerulean and Vermilion into, like, walking across the state of Washington. Well, yeah, because, okay, could you imagine doing that kind of trek in the game? That would be so fucking boring. <laughs> it might be kind of hype. That'd be unbelievably I boring. I would like, I just, I would like to see this, uh, this log cabin. If it Pokemon took you center. 10 days. kind of rad. If it took you 10 real life days. To get from one town to the other in the games, you would not play Pokemon. What if it was like Skyrim, though? I mean, that would be cool. Yeah. Yeah. Just climbing mountains. So they're in the Pokemon Center. The rain starts. You see Charmander's desperately trying to keep the flame on its tail from extinguishing. Oh, this is heartbreaking. It's so sad. Everyone remembers this. It's so sad. He's still staying in the rain, waiting for his trainer. What a loyal, Mm -hmm. what a loyal Charmander. Speaking of his trainer... We meet Damien in the Pokemon Center. He is yeah, a we do. dick. He is a dick with the worst English accent ever. <laughs> like, did they hire Dick Van Dyke from Mary Poppins to do this? <laughs> it's like it's like this weird Cockney kind of accent, but it's it's not a real accent. Mm-hmm. So he's showing off all of his Pokemon and Pokeballs, and we he- overhear that he had a Charmander. That wouldn't stop following him. Which he pronounces Charmander. Charmander. <laughs> Charmander's weak. He, I got rid of him. He can't, beat, he can't even beat the weakest opponents. <laughs> so he left it on a rock. 
telling him that he was going to come back. Stupidest <laughs> accent. Left it on a rock, telling him he was going to come back, and is not planning on doing so. And so Brock confronts him about it because that is a pretty because fucked a, up thing to he's do. He's a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's psychotic. It is. That is absolutely psychotic. Straight, straight messed up. And we learn a little bit of world building here because Joy breaks up the uh, the potential Pokemon fight that using Pokemon to battle for personal squabbles is frowned upon. Yeah, frowned upon, not illegal or anything. Like, I guess that's sort of an attempt to make it not cockfighting, but <laughs> come on, come on. How do you enforce that? I don't know. He's got to be a good person. And Brock is simping about joy. Of it's course. a joyful world. It's a joyful world. No, Brock. And this one, no, we don't get a family relation from this joy. This is our third nurse joy, I believe. Yeah. So they go back to save the Charmander. But the, How uh, sick are their raincoats? Oh, they're they have sweet. these like ponchos. I I love clothing from '90s anime. Like, oh man, it, it's got a it's got a drip, right? I think that <laughs> '90s anime drip is gonna be a style. <laughs> Check out my '90s anime oh, drip. Oh my god! I want one of those ponchos? It's got color. It's popping. It's just weird to see cartoon characters in clothes that aren't their normal clothes it's i i love it when that it's happens. so strange it's refreshing it is refreshing it is a but it's weird at that moment but it's it's nice it makes them feel more like real people mm-hmm. and uh, uh misty is scared about getting pneumonia yeah and the spiro okay. are lying in wait trying to prey on the charmander uh pikachu shocks him away but also shocks the gang <laughs> yeah they're all dead they're all dead Anime's like over. They they get shocked a lot. Yep. <laughs> and I'm like, that could stop their hearts. How yeah, how is anybody still alive in this show? <laughs> I don't know. Same with like we see people getting burned a lot. Yeah, we'll, well, we'll later, see it later but... this episode. We'll talk about it when we get there. But it's messed yeah. up. So grab Charmander. Yeah, they yeah, wrap, wrap it in the coat. Blanket. Oh man. It, it is heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. They rush it back to the center. Joy is able to save them. And Joy's upset. She's like what the heck did you do to get this Charmander in this? And that's when they uh, tell her about Damien, that he's like a horrible, psychotic mess. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, I gotta ask, because the tech that's they're using to heal Charmander looked kind of sophisticated. I want to know more about the Pokemon healthcare system. How is it financed? What kind of technology do they have? We don't see poke. We don't see money exchanging hands in the anime. In the game, you have to pay though. No, no, you don't have no, to pay. It's free. it's free. Okay, so in the Pokemon world, they have universal healthcare. Yeah. Wow, for the Pokemon so, at how's least. It, how's that financed? Do you think that the government is there a government? How how is our universal healthcare funded? Yeah, I mean that's what you'd Taxes assume. But do they talk about a government? We know that there's a regulating body well, for Pokemon fights, and that's it. Well, these kids are ten. So I don't think they understand the government. Anyway, yeah. Universal healthcare in the Pokemon world, people. Anyway, yeah, it's a stark contrast to the games. Because in the anime, that's all these machines and stuff. And all this mm-hmm. high-tech machinery. In the games, it's just... Doo, 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 and they're healed. What a classic sound. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doo, doo, boo, doo, boo. So we're in the morning. They all spent the night in the Pokemon Center. We wake up. We learn the Charmander has disappeared. He's no longer at the center. He has gone so back to the rock. My, my wife is a doctor. And she uses this term all the time, AMA. Uh, that doesn't mean ask me anything. <laughs> I was going to say. That's what I would have guessed. Uh, in medicine, that means leaves against medical advice. 
So they this happens a lot where they have someone in the hospital. They say, no, you got to stay to be monitored. And they just run away. Mm-hmm. And they call that AMA. So Charmander pulls an AMA. He's out of there. He's he's so loyal that he's like, he doesn't really understand uh, what's going on in terms of his own health and what it, what it means to that. He's he's all about the uh, the loyalty that he's feeling. And this is emotional abuse, 100% mm-hmm. that he's dealing with. Yeah, it's it's sad because Charmander doesn't realize that Damien is just an asshole. Yeah. And he doesn't deserve that. No. Nope. Poor Charmander. Poor little guy. Poor Charmander. Poor little dude. Well, the next part is with Team Rocket, I believe. Yeah, so he's going back to the rock. We cut back to Team Rocket, and they're drilling another hole, and Meowth is really pissed off about that because it didn't work the first time. <laughs> and like, we tried that already yeah and then they say if you first you don't succeed this time we'll remember where the hole is <laughs> which i thought was funny yeah so the gang falls in the hole pikachu doesn't pikachu looks very disappointed in them and team rocket shows up with these like radiation suits well they got like these, these hazmat yeah suits. they got these rubber suits on now they're starting to learn pikachu tries to shock them but they're immune to them because of the rubber suits which yeah they're anti-pikachu suits. which we learned in the first episode rubber type is immune to electric <laughs> get your rubber type suits mm-hmm. yeah they call these anti-pikachu suits and then they're like, we got our Pikachu rubber balloon bazookas. Yeah. Like, is this is this the 60s Batman show where everything's <laughs> like, I got my bat shark spray? <laughs> yeah, like, they shoot this balloon at Pikachu. The dumbest part about this whole thing is that the balloon works. Yeah. <laughs> it catches Pikachu. In the rubber balloon. How? <laughs> Fucking stupid. But then Charmander is there to save the day. Charmander's back. Yeah, and Jesse doesn't know what it is. So Team Rocket doesn't have a Pokedex, eh? No. Well, yeah, obviously. They're not trainers. They're villains. Oh, only only trainers get Pokedex? Well, uh, in Kanto, yeah. things you can buy? I think that there would be, like, black so. market Pokedexes. Well, black market. I, think that, I think they would end up in, like, pawn shops, you know? Yeah, maybe. But they're only distributed yeah. officially by the professor, I believe. Uh, I think they would have had an off-the-books one. Well, maybe an off-the-books one, but officially distributed. Yeah, but they don't even have that. No. They don't even have an off-the-books no. one. And so Charmander appears and flames them. Yeah, completely. Lights them on fire. Burns them to a crisp, and they go run off again. They blast off again. And then we see Damien was kind of spying on them. And now that he sees that Charmander actually can fight, now he wants Charmander back. Because he's an asshole. Oh, this is brutal. This is that Jackson 5 song, I Want You Back, where he's talking about how he ditched his girlfriend. To, like, get prettier girls. And then, now that his girlfriend's dating somebody else who wants her back. Mm-hmm. That's horrible. Fucked up. Man. Fucked That's up. That's fucked up. <laughs> Charmander. But Charmander kind of goes through a self-actualization mm-hmm. here. He kind of realizes he wants to go back. He wants to go with Ash, rather. But he mm-hmm. has this loyalty. He's struggling. Do I go with my heart or do I go with what, I'm, what I've been told is, is right? And he goes with his heart. He knocks away the Pokeball. And then him and Pikachu fry and electrocute Damien to an absolute crisp. They kill him. They yeah, <laughs> should have. They should have killed him. It should have been. He should have died. Straight here. up murder him. And, and, I mean, Char- Charmander gets over this. What is a very complicated cycle of emotional abuse? He gets over it quickly, which which is the the nice ending, right? Mm-hmm. It's like as a kid, you're watching. It's a nice ending that's complicated mm-hmm. like that's really hard to break out of 
it, oh man, and Damien is horrible. Like I can't get over how how toxic his attitude is here. Yeah, and so that 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 brings me to a point that I wrote down, uh, which make like this episode made me wonder, considering that it seems that Charmander really trusts Ash and has realized that these three are are really trying to care for him. Why is it that Charmander specifically later in the series, once he evolves, starts disobeying Ash? But what you were saying kind of makes me think maybe it's some kind of like lasting trauma. Oh, yeah, that'd be interesting, right? That's actually like mm, that's actually a kind of an authentic way to to explore Charmander, actually, is that like what what he went through is not something that you just that you just get over mm-hmm. like it's, it's just not yeah so i think that's something we take a take a look at throughout the series as as uh charmander grows and starts disobeying charmander through the lens of trauma because i'm sure that's something you remember yeah yeah because that's a pretty yeah, yeah definitely. That, that's what defines charizard is that it doesn't listen to ash yeah and there's like a a kid's view where that Charizard's kind of being a dick, like thinking on this as an adult, that's probably not the case, right? Is that Ashes could be looking at this not as empathetically to Charmander than Charizard's really whole situation. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a good one. Well so my my literary analysis <laughs> compared to what I had a I, I had to talk to my wife about this one because I wasn't that familiar with the the material. But it's Jane Eyre, classic novel Jane Eyre. Um, and a lot of it is about this young woman who is dealing with various forms of trauma and emotional abuse. She has lost a lot of people in her life and gone through cycles of abandonment. So uh, lost her uncle, lived with, a, I believe, a, a, an aunt who's abusive to her, goes to a school. They're also mean to her. And there's kind of a cycle of uh, uh, mean, yeah, bad things happening to her in a cycle of abandonment and it takes a while for her to sort of find that that place and and figure out where she wants to be there's a man that she falls in love with but then that is not straightforward because he has some ghosts in his past eventually it ends up with them with them getting together uh, but it's not a straight line at all Mm -hmm. so charmander is jane Eyre. do we got a pun out of that jane charmander (laughs) (laughs) A little forced. Unfortunately, yes, we do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, are you rating? That's right. That's right. All right. Another two categories. Our first category for Charmander, the stray Pokemon, is the animation. Hmm. Ah. We keep pulling them on episodes. I want them on different <laughs> ones. Like I liked the animation of the fight in the Bulbasaur episode. I don't really remember like a really smooth or really interesting part animated here. Um, I liked how some things looked aesthetically. Like I loved how that Poke Center looked. So cozy. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that's the beauty of the four poor. It's all random. We don't get a say. So I liked stills. I liked how how the characters looked. It didn't really have a crisp sort of interesting fluidity or anything, which is kind of where you talk about animation is is in regards to motion. So I'd go with a six. I was thinking the same thing. All right, six. All right, six. Six for animation. Next topic. Our second category will be Ash Moron Moments. Was there anything big? Uh, 
in this one, hmm. That's interesting. This might be the first episode where he wasn't a bumbling idiot. No, he wasn't really. The the one of them is the, according to my calculations, mm-hmm. like they're in this situation because he's a fucking dumbass, but, <laughs> <laughs> but he handles the Charmander situation relatively maturely. Yeah. Um, and, and the shining moments of Ash are how he, he puts himself above Pokemon. So like, you know, trying to get out there in the the storm and that sort of thing. Yeah. He was actually kind of a heroic character this time. Right. I would say like two. So a two. Yeah. Yeah. So six and two, four out of 10 for Charmander. Four out of 10 for for one of people's favorite episodes (laughs) (laughs) for an iconic episode. All right, well, we got one more to look at today, yeah. so we'll jump so into it. Is it is a bit of a longer episode, bear with us. We got... But it, it's such a good... This is a good one. Like, yeah, this is a good one. So Here we, comes we the Squirtle Squad. Here comes the Squirtle Squad. All right, so we, we join the group once again on the path. Mm-hmm. Ash is humming mm-hmm. the Pokemon theme, which was From fun. the games. Yeah, from the games. Yeah. And they fall in a hole again. Yeah, the the narrator foreshadows that. He's like, things are going good, but there could be pitfalls. pitfalls. They fall into holes. They've been falling into holes for episodes now. And this was kind of weird because they fall into the hole. They immediately assume it's a prank. They're like, who digs holes for pranks? You have been constantly falling in holes that were not pranks. Mm -hmm. They were like intentional uh, sort of, you know, people attacking you. And your instinct after those experiences to to say, it's a practical joke. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, because they they fell in one in, or Misty fell in one in the Bulbasaur episode, Mm -hmm. Planted by Melanie. Mm -hmm. They all fell into into the Charmander one, Planted by Team Rocket. And now they've fallen into one, Planted by the Squirtle Squad. Yes, we meet and the they squirtle assume squad. It's a practical joke. They say dangerous practical jokes are nothing to laugh about. That's a good message. I, I agree. And then we meet the squirtle squad. Oh God, are they awesome! Fantastic. <laughs> Five squirtle, all wearing sunglasses. Yeah, and oh. four of them have round sunglasses, and one of them has these like huge the pointed I don't know ones. What those sunglasses are called pointed ones. Yeah, I don't know what that style is called, but oh man, and that one's clearly like the leader. Mm-hmm. Because like right away there's there's a battle that kind of goes down right like like uh, Pikachu uh, attacks at the Squirtle Squad right yeah yeah Pikachu attacks him because Ash wants to catch one of course obviously and one of the round sunglasses <laughs> jumps in the way to like protect the president yeah it's like his secret service <laughs> right like we've got like like that I I, I just see the main uh, Squirtle as Obama really and then like this <laughs> this other one like t- dives in front of the bullet <laughs> yeah so after that we get probably my favorite moment in these three episodes. It's the Wild West showdown between Pikachu and Squirtle. It's so good. Spaghetti Western standoff. It's so good. It's going back to their eyes. It's playing like kind of a a, a whistle, you know, kind of Western. It's so funny. I love it. They needed a tumbleweed. (laughs) It only could have gotten better if they pulled out like the finger guns. (laughs) That would have been amazing. Sirens are going off. And the Squirtle Squad runs off. Officer Jenny. Yeah, the Squirtle Squad is like, oh shit, it's the it's the it's fuzz. The fuzz. <laughs> go, it's go, the go. cops. Run for it. <laughs> <laughs> and it is the cops. Officer Jenny number three is here. Mm-hmm. We learn that the other two are this one's cousins. 
that we've met. Yeah, they're like, those are my cousins. We're all cousins. We're all named Jenny. We all look identical. We're all cops. <laughs> oh, God, that's weird. That's great. It's such a <laughs> dumb thing. Because it's like, it's not even that... It's very dumb. Like, Nurse Joy makes sense carried over from the games because Nurse Joy is in every Pokemon Center. Officer, Officer Jenny's not in the game original no she's a, a made this up is a made-up character and they just did the same thing with with her that they did with joy i, I liked seeing her actually useful this she was time. very helpful this is, f- this is the first jenny that's good at her job i guess yeah she was actually <laughs> helpful say. this episode yeah the other ones are these uh just boisterous american cops <laughs> right <laughs> like like running it like team america world police mm-hmm. just shooting everything up we learned that the squirrel squad is this this good for nothing, troublemaking gang that yeah, just and caused this chaos. Is a, a, this is a, a classic eighties, nineties anime trope that's gone even further um, of the Japanese youth delinquent. So this is something that I don't know how pervasive this actually was, but like a counterculture in like the seventies where kids would uh, kind of modify their school uniforms to be kind of thuggish looking and they would like put their hair up in these pompadours and wear sunglasses and and that sort of thing and so we see this in a lot of 90s anime like Yu Yu Hakusho is one of the big ones um uh Jotaro from Jojo is dressed kind of like that Japanese delinquent youth uh the Kunio Kun series like which is like River City Ransom River City Girls those games um, all has this like style and that's kind of what they're going for is this like radical delinquent youth so it's like the the era of uh the era of rebellion this is where like jazz and jazz fusion is really popular um in this era of japan too so it's like it's like that aesthetic and it's kind of their uh yeah their sort of hippie rebel kind of spirit um and so they're causing trouble in town, but it's not like they're not causing like Yakuza or gang level trouble. They're just like, I don't know. They're just being, <laughs> being annoying. Being annoying, yeah. They're being a nuisance. So Team Rocket's spying on them, as usual. Yeah, James is sick of pizza. Mm-hmm. James and Meowth only care about the food. They're, they're only talking about food, and Jesse doesn't care about the food until she's hungry, and then it's time for food. Mm-hmm. Typical Jesse. <laughs> it's all about her. You're, what, you're the high. It's one. all about her. So they fall into a hole now yep. that the Squirtle Squad is has dug, and they steal the Team Rocket's squad food. Steals their lunch. Yep. And we get the first and time where we see yeah. jelly donuts. Yeah, this is what our uh, category, the jelly donut effect, is named after. So Jesse goes, "They're eating our jelly donuts and eclairs." When clearly in the shock. <laughs> It's onigiri, rice balls, and katsu sando, which are like bread and pork sandwiches. Like that's what that's really common food in Japan. And that's clearly what they're eating. Uh, and they call them jelly donuts and eclairs. It's just the the best localization cork because it's so dumb. <sighs> it's dumb, yeah. Like it's this attitude. It's an older attitude, and I it comes for good reasons, I suppose, when you're sort of thinking about localizing, but. If, through today's kind of standards it feels weird where they're like instead of teaching about a different culture they just hide it you know instead of teaching oh rice balls that's the thing right like and they're good right like they they have the rice and, and a little bit of seaweed and then some sort of filling um instead of teaching about that they call them jelly donuts i don't know <laughs> yeah i mean like what, what five-year-old watching the show knows what an onigiri is my wife would have well that's like their typical 
uh, road snack food in her family. Okay, your your average five year old American. There are lots of Japanese white Americans. Kid. <laughs> I, white kid. That's yeah. the key. I'm saying that they could have used this as a time to teach. Yeah. Right. Because like kids are interested in stuff. Like like they treat the kids like that would be off putting to them. But if I'd seen that, it would have made me curious. It would have made me go, what are rice balls, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Anyways, Squirtle Squad. Yeah, the Squirtle <laughs> Squad is is tied Meowth and Jesse and James to the tree. And they don't trust Jesse and James. They don't trust humans. They, they don't trust humans. So they've got some uh, legacy sort of issues there. Mm-hmm. And so Meowth tries talking to them, convincing them that Team Rocket are his pets. They are under his control, trying to get the the Squirtle Squad to trust him instead. The Squirtle Squad? The Squirtle Squad! I don't know what Meowth's accent is either. This show is ridiculous with accents. Mm -hmm. Like, wow, they're bizarre. So he convinces, he successfully convinces them that Jesse and James are, are under his command and will get their help capturing Pikachu. Yep. And we cut back to the squad. Misty is fishing and they reel in one of the squirtles in the ocean. <laughs> yeah. that soaks the team. Soaks Pikachu the team up. accidentally shocks yep. them all. Stopping their hearts and killing everyone. Mm-hmm. Show over. Show's done. It was 12 episodes long. It's a good run. Pokemon had a good run. <laughs> R.I.P. 10 year olds. Yeah. <laughs> So Pikachu is trying to fuck the squirrel, gets fucked up by a Goldeen, and yeah, when when does Goldeen actually good? Like it's been like never. the go to useless Pokemon so far. It's it's bad. It's not well, so suddenly good. it hits Pikachu. Well, it's got a horn, so yeah, they're like watch out for the horn. And then the Squirtle Squad ropes them all up. Mm-hmm. It's got them all captured. Not gonna squirtle out of this one. Yeah, slashes Ash in the face. Yeah, so they're wow. He loves doing that. Mm-hmm. He loves slashing Ash he, in the face. He maims a lot of people. Yeah, he's violent, that Meowth. Yeah, so we're in a cave. The gang's tied to, to a rock. Pikachu is in a cage. But Pikachu is not doing so well. They need to get him a super potion. And this is the first mention of potions in the show. Yeah, which is a game mechanic. Yeah. Like potions you can buy from Pokemarts heal your Pokemon. Yeah, right? it, is, it is your portable healing, essentially. It's such a classic RPG item. Mm-hmm. But now it's in the show. That's kind of cool. I don't know if they really explain it, right? They're just like, gotta get a potion, yeah. gotta heal Pikachu. Now, this is one of those things they just assume that you know watching. Which is one of the first times they do that, though. Like, like we've had mechanics very explicitly laid out mm-hmm. uh, to almost over-explaining territory. Um, so this is one of the first times that they're starting to just assume... You know, by episode 12, you've probably played the games. (laughs) (laughs) So they let Ash go get a super potion, but they tell him that if if he's not back by noon tomorrow, Misty's hair will be dyed purple. That's their big threat. Big threat. Apparently in the Japanese, they threatened to kill her. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I read that. You didn't read that? I did not read that. That this was a localization choice, threatening to dye Misty's hair purple. In the Japanese, they say, we'll execute her. Jesus. (laughs) Isn't that drastic? That's so... That is... That's ridiculous. That's amazing. I I think we're seeing Ash's good sides, though, again. He's got more integrity than brains. Mm -hmm. Like, he's saying, I'll come back. Like, I, I... 
this isn't about our disagreement. <laughs> I mean, it's not a disagreement. Like, they captured him. But he's like, I do want to deal with this. Like, and my word means something. But I have to heal Pikachu. Mm-hmm. So... I'll go do this, but I will come back. Um, so Ash has more integrity and honor than he has brains, yeah. which I I don't mind. Like it's, it, I think it's better to be a good person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for, yeah, for all of Ash's dumbass moments and idiocy, mm-hmm. at the end of the day, he genuinely loves Pokemon. Yeah, and wants the best for them. So he wants the best for them. Yeah, he's not selfish. Mm-hmm. So he's off to get that super potion running down the road, crosses a rickety bridge. Now he's the one that falls into the river yeah, and then gets anally penetrated by Golding's horn. Oh my God. What? <laughs> did you just say that? He definitely did. He got hit in the <laughs> ass by that horn. I was hoping this podcast would never have the phrase anally penetrated <laughs> in it, <laughs> but we've crossed that bridge just like Ash tried to. It's what happened. Is it not what happened? I'm just telling it how it is. <sighs> what happened exactly there you go so he makes it to the shop and we get a gary appearance for the first time since i think episode one very briefly he he slams a door in ash's face and that's all we get he doesn't even talk no very short appearance which knocks ash out until morning which is not good because he needs to be back by noon yeah and this this town is kind of interesting looking it's like a western movie set which isn't really utilized fully, though. Like, they don't really have a shootout or anything in it. That would have been cool. Mm-hmm. But, it, yeah, it looks like a Western movie set. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what town this is. It's it's a town that is not in the games. They could have gone further with this. They could have given it a name. We could have had more. We, we could have had a classic Spaghetti Western showdown in it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's some, this is the, the precursor to what we'll see a lot more in the anime, is, is towns that are not in the games and this is just the first of those and they don't really explore that much either though well they're just like there and they're gone uh, yeah they're typically for like one or two episodes usually hmm. but okay. usually those those extra towns and cities do actually have names oh okay this was just like they don't really commit to it yeah he's only there to grab the potion and get out so let's jump to the team rocket showing up yeah so team rocket shows up in the shop threatening the whole thing with ice guns and they want flash bombs. They want... Uh, and dental floss. Dental floss. That's what they wanted. The flash bombs to scare off the Squirtle Squad and the dental floss for their teeth. I think the dental floss joke is supposed to be... Like, there's been these jokes about them being kind of vain. Um, but, I mean, using floss isn't really about vanity. No. So. It's hygiene. It's basic dental hygiene. It's, yeah, they care about hygiene. That's... Fine, I guess they didn't need to steal it. Mm-hmm. But okay, so they steal Flash Matter and Daniel Floss, and they say something about we're not super villains in comic books. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And Ash goes into the store then for a super potion, and they all point guns at him. Yeah, and that screenshot really just needs like America yeah. <laughs> across it. He's like, I'm not here to buy a gun. And they're like, Howdy, y'all. <laughs> Welcome to Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> and Officer Jenny does her first good thing. Yeah, and this is a this was a sweet Officer Jenny for once. She's like, "Well, hop on, we'll get there quickly." Because Ash is running out of time, right, to get back uh, by noon, as he promised, or else Misty's hair will be dyed purple. Oh no, that'd be horrible. So they come across the bridge that's that's out now that Ash after Ash fell off of it, and I was disappointed. I was hoping for a sick motorcycle jump. Yeah, across the canyon. 
Yeah, we saw Jenny, well, the first Jenny's sick motorcycle techniques that she uses to trash a Pokemon Center. <laughs> Use it for good. <laughs> I thought that would have been so cool, but no, 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 no. That's boring. They have to well, find... Well, this Jenny is just much more disciplined mm-hmm. than the others. She, ta- yeah. she takes him to a, a secret entrance to that cave that she can't fit into, so Ash is on his own. And Ash is smart. It's dark in there. He uses Charmander's flame tail to light the path. Can Charmander use Flash? Um, games? maybe. I'll look up. Does not learn Flash. Okay. Lore inaccuracy here, folks. Well, it's not, it makes sense. It's not inaccuracy. No. It's the fire on Charmander's tail. <laughs> it's not using well, a move. But you can't use it in the games. You can't, like, bring out your Charmander and then suddenly be able to navigate a dark area. That would be nice. We were saying earlier that he could use Pidgeotto to get out of a, out of a net trap, but Charmander using the flame on its tail to light up the path is unrealistic? No, it's actually the reverse. It's that, wouldn't it be cool? Like, it's that's like a suspended disbelief in the games. I think that this made sense, what they showed mm-hmm. in the show. Um, but it doesn't make sense in the games. Like, they're kind of weird in the games, I remember, inconsistent about moves. Like, what moves people can learn. Yeah. Yeah, it's... it's you, sh- you should be able weird. to use Charmander for light. Why not? Yeah. Well, they get back to the cave, and they're all gone. Where is everyone gone? Yeah, and Ash is like, my friends are dead! Where are my friends! <laughs> and they're right there. They're dead and have purple hair! <laughs> <laughs> but they're fine. They're right there, just at the at the entrance to the cave. And yeah, and they're like, yeah, Misty's like, nah, my hair's still red. Squirtle Squad was just bluffing. They're like weirdly chill. Yeah, this is. <laughs> they're like, yeah, they're like, no big deal. <laughs> is, I, I noted this down. They the line was they played tricks, but they've never changed a girl's natural hair color, which seems like a really weird place to draw your line. <laughs> it's really that weird. doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Most people draw the line it's at like weird. physical abuse. Murder. Well, that's where where maybe the Japanese one made more sense. Yeah, they were like, if they threatened to kill her, they're like, no, that that was a bluff. Like Squirtle Squad doesn't murder. (laughs) (laughs) Here they're like, they're like Squirtle Squad will steal food and vandalize, but they will not color someone's hair. (laughs) (laughs) So they give they give Pikachu the potion to heal it up, and then we cut away for like a second. And we cut to Meowth, and suddenly Meowth has Pikachu. Yeah. What What happened? What happened here? We missed something. Meowth used teleport. Yeah, Meowth does not learn teleport. Pretty sure <laughs> about that one. I don't need to look that one up. And Team Rocket shows up, and they got bombs. And they're using those flash bombs mm-hmm. to get rid of the Squirtle squad and to get away. But the Squirtle, or, so, words are hard. The Squirtle leader has been knocked on its back. Like a turtle on its shell. He can't get up. And Ash protects him with his body. Ash runs and dives and protects the Squirtle. Which makes the Squirtle realize, hey, maybe not all humans are bad. Yeah, then Squirtle, like, like lifts him above his head. (laughs) Like a mother lifting a car off her child. (laughs) Squirtle lifts Ash with a pump of adrenaline and runs him back into the cave. Saves him. And the Squirtle water guns the balloon. And Ash does another dive catch to save Pikachu from Team Rocket. Yeah. And all is well, except for the forest fire they created. <laughs> right. But then the Squirtle Squad shows up, and they're like, you know, there's some really expert problem solving here. They're like, okay, there's a fire. We need water to put out the fire. 
Squirtles can spray water. <laughs> what if you guys spray the water on the fire? Whoa. <laughs> Who would have ever thought? Incredible. So they do stuff. it. And then there's like a great Star Wars episode four, uh, you know, throne room scene where they're getting awards. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Jenny's awarding the Squirtle squad, makes them the, the town firefighters. And, and man, they get some, their firefighting outfits are cool. It's so cute. <laughs> That yeah. whole sequence is adorable of them getting oh, yeah. the certificate and then being praised by the town, wearing their little coats. It's adorable. I love it. Yeah, they're they're sick coats too. It's so fun. As I get older, I appreciate a cool coat yeah. more and more. Yeah. I'm like jackets and like video games, anime, like damn. Good meat sales. That's what adulting is. Is <laughs> when there's a good sale on meat. Yeah. yeah meat's expensive, <laughs> yeah. That's true. I hated I hated all that like boring stuff when I was a kid. But, like as an adult, the first thing I do when I go home is tell my parents, "Man, I got a sick deal on ground beef the other day." Oh yeah, That's, <laughs> I know what you. And mean. it really upsets me that I'm at that level of adulting. Oh yeah, I, I there was like a a part I don't know, it was, and it was in my early twenties even when my parents started getting me like uh Safeway gift cards for Christmas. <laughs> like isn't that sad? But I was like pumped. I was like fuck, I'm going to buy a pomegranate. Hell yeah. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to live. Fucking pomegranates. <laughs> so we're the gang has left the town now. They're back on the route, but the Squirtle leader is following them. He wants to join Ash. He wants to come along mm-hmm. on the journey. And Ash officially has all the Kanto starters on his team. Da, 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 da. Yeah, and he also has a team of six now. Yeah, so that's our big, yeah, wrap up for this for this arc is we got the three, we got the three elemental cool guys. We got those memorable starters. Mm-hmm. That's the episode. So my themes for the episode, I already talked about the the Japanese kind of this youth county counterculture. I found out that in these gangs, they kind of called them. Uh, yankee which is like just yankees like like american they americanized a lot of stuff and this this was a time where it was like post uh occupation of japan by america and a lot of like american things kind of leaked into japanese culture like baseball it was really huge and like jazz like i said uh kind of in that era i found out that the leaders of these yankee gangs uh the the male ones would be called bancho and there was a female equivalent called sukeban um and yeah, this aesthetic is in a lot of 90s anime. Like I said, JoJo's, Yu Yu Hakusho, where they kind of dressed like that. And, and kind of, it, it was a bit of a counterculture. And that style's super cool. So if you like, you know, beat-em-ups, it's the, the Kunio-kun series. Uh, River City Girls, which is on, you know, modern platformers. Shout out by, uh, I think, Way Forward. Really, really awesome kind of beat-em-ups with some RPG mechanics that have some of these aesthetics in it. Mm-hmm. Um, for my Western, for my classic literature comparison uh, i gotta ask you a, ke- a question kellen what do you like yoga no i hate it you don't like it's yoga so shit well i think that you should get into yoga Absolutely because not. this next comparison is gonna be a stretch oh my god <laughs> <laughs> got him okay the comparison is to i hate you is to a, <laughs> the comparison is to a clockwork orange <laughs> are you familiar with the clockwork i orange? haven't read it is it a book? Yeah, it's a book. I only know the movie. I haven't seen the movie either. But I it's, I it's know It's about like a dystopia where uh people have kind of gotten disillusioned with the youth and there's these youth gangs that sort of roam the streets and do horrendous crimes. And they wear like, like way 
And they wear masks and, the, and they're obsessed with weird old music and stuff. And like yeah. really weird eyeshadow or something. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, That's they, what they I know. Makeup, but they also use masks. They, they wear masks when they're doing their crimes, if I remember correctly. Um, and, uh, but their crimes were a lot more severe and egregious. Like they, they're actual horrible criminals. Um, and I believe the main character then goes to jail, breaks out, forms another gang. There is a part though where they kind of want to move past that all and do come to terms with like, okay, wanting something more real out of their life. But there's so much kind of pain and violence and, and well, a disillusionment with society, but in such an extreme way, like, so that's why this is a big stretch because in the clockwork orange, like these are violent, horrendous criminals <laughs> and uh, the Squirtle squad are, uh, are rad. I don't know what you're talking about. The Squirtle Squad Love is the a Squirtle direct squad. comparison to a Clockwork yeah. Orange. Very obviously. No yoga class, eh? No. Yoga's okay. fucking awful. I hate it. Huh. I, huh. I've never done it, actually. I've done it a little bit of, like, bits of yoga with, like, Ring Fit Adventure on the Switch, and it is <laughs> hell. Yeah, that's that's yoga, all that's right? That's awful. <laughs> Well, I didn't actually want to talk about yoga. I just wanted to make that joke. I, I I just needed to make sure my stance on yoga is very clear that I fucking hate you it. You heard it here first, people. Kellen hates yoga. Awful. Shout him out in the comments. The worst thing invented by humans. Okay, let's check out the four. Part. All right. The other worst thing invented by humans. Now this is the best Us. thing. <laughs> I love this thing. This is great. Invented All right. by Us. First category for Here Comes the Squirtle Squad will be Officer Jenny Energy. Good one for this one. Oh, perfect. Ten. Ten. She's very helpful. Ten. She's a good yeah, person. Yeah, she's awesome in this. She's good. She's she's relatable. She's grounded. Like, the other Jennies are just so bonker, sort of, like, aggressive cops. Like, a really ugh, unpleasant kind of energy. This is a cop you go to and you get help. And they're not really... She isn't really even trying to make... She's not trying to make enemies. She, even with the Squirtle Squad, she's not trying to, like... Uh, punish them she's just trying to like make the town work mm -hmm. you know um yeah 10 out of 10, 10 out of 10 for jenny our best jenny so far our only good jenny so yep. far and our second category will be the character of the day now there isn't a specific character of the day for this one like there's for other ones but i think we can attribute that that to the squirtle squad yeah yeah it's the only time they're a squad right yeah and technically, like according uh, to the definition of what Bulbapedia classifies as a character of the day, of the day, there isn't one for this episode because there is no okay. one episode character that does not originate from the games. Well, this is really tough because on one hand we don't have one, so it'd be a zero. Yes. On the other hand, if we say it's a Squirtle Squad, it's a ten. Mm -hmm. So I think. <laughs> so wait, what do we go with? Because it's either a zero or a ten. Or do it's we just? Polar or do we just go with both of them and average it to a five? Well, no, I don't. I I don't think so because this is actually about does the category fit mm, at all? Yeah. Do we do we stay with the category if there's no character of the week? That is not character of the that day. Is not yeah. There is no character of the day. Yeah. What do you think? Do we, should we re-roll oh. when it's like not applicable? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. If it's just not yeah, re-roll, re-roll. All right. Yeah. Well, let's pick out a different one. Yeah, because we don't want to be giving zeros out all the time. Um, we could. I want some variety. Re-roll. Re all right, here's a good one. The perceived smell of the episode. 
Oh, in this dusty old western yeah. town with the Squirtle Squad. What do you think the Squirtle Squad smells like? Turtles. Like, <laughs> what do turtles smell like? Not great, I, really I don't s- think. I haven't sniffed a lot of turtles <laughs> in my day. Yeah, can't say I have either. <laughs> don't go around sniffing turtles. Hey, you, turtle sniffer, what you doing? <laughs> I'm sniffing these turtles. I'm just sniffing these turtles. <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine turtles smell good. No, and the, but the western town... It would smell like kind of dusty, kind of hot. It, it, so not a great smell, but like a, a, a real and a lived smell. I think this episode does do a good job of being sensual in that in that no. uh, regard. We're a part of it. So I like that. I like perceived smell as there is a perceived smell. Would it smell good? No. No. This isn't like a floral garden. No. Right? So it would be like a, a four. four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. We're, we're on the same page today. Wow. So what? Four and t- ten for another yeah. another seven out of ten. Wow, Two episodes today, great. seven out of ten, and that great. is what we were looking at today. Yeah, Squirtle Squad. Squirtle, Squirtle Squad. Squad. All right, this is a long episode. Thank you for making it to the end. Uh, I hope you're enjoying what we're doing here. Please leave us comments, you know, with suggestions. We love, we want that interact uh, interactivity from the audience. We'd love to hear more ideas, what we can put into the rating system for arbitrary and random sort of ranking uh, c- categories. Um, so, yeah, shout us out in the YouTube comments if you're listening to us on another platform because we're on all the main podcast platforms. So Spotify, etc., wherever you get your uh, podcasts, uh, you can email to kill a delibird at gmail.com with suggestions. So, yeah, anything else, Kel? Well, next week we'll be taking a look. We're going back to two episodes. We will be taking a look at episode 13, Mystery at the Lighthouse, and episode 14, Electric Shock Showdown. So we're meeting another gym leader. Next oh week. heck yeah! Ooh, pumped for Electric Shock Show. It's a good episode. It is a very solid episode. That's a great name mm-hmm. too. Listen how it rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Electric Shock Showdown. And in three weeks, looking ahead, we have our first band episode. We'll be looking at. Whoa! Mm-hmm. Hype. Very exciting. That's the episode that will put us in jail. It's the episode where James has boobs. What? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know anything about the band episodes. Okay, let's save it for then. I'm excited to... Am I excited? I'm scared, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, you still got a couple weeks to go for that I'm one. I'm terrified. So you can mentally prepare yourself for that one. I'll, I'll try. Yeah. All right, that is it for today. We shall see you next Monday for yeah. two more episodes. Yeah, new episodes drop every Monday. Find us on the Skittle Wickers uh, YouTube channel or wherever you get podcasts. Uh, search for To Kill a Deli Bird. Hell yeah. Yeah. Now, Thanks, everyone. Now get out of here. Get out of here. Go. go have a sand. Go have a jelly donut. Oh, there you go.